Blog Talk Radio. Through rap, 
I am your host, Rodney Smith, in the air chair today, solo once again. And we got another topic for you today that hopefully will be as hot as what we had cooking last week. And what we're going to talk about today is the gangs that claim blue and red, but they are not Crips or Bloods. Let me repeat that just to make sure you get it. (laughs) The gangs that claim blue and red, but they are not and Bloods. We're going to we're going to talk about that today. And, you know, before we get started, I want you to think about who that might be referencing. Who do you, who do you think that is? And give us a call, 347 347-826-9600. 347-826-9600. I would love to hear what you all may think it may be. You can also hit us up on our Facebook, Our Own Voices Live, because I want to know who do you think, when you think of blue and red, those colors, who or what do you think of? Because we're going to talk about what I think of when I hear it today. And what be what might be the most powerful gang that flies blue and red? Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to Our Own Voices Live today. Once again, I am Rodney Smith, your host of the title of our show, The Gangs That Claim Blue and Red, But They Are Not Crips and Bloods. Uh, our own voices live come to you, try to bring it to you every Saturday around 1230. We're on a little late today, around 1. And our own voices live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its culture and diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And some of the ways we do it is with, like, blog talk radio shows like Our Own Voices Live. We're also all over social media. Just put in Our Own Voices or Our Own Voices Live, nothing else. You can just put in Our Own Voices, and it will bring you to who we are. You can do it on Facebook. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on YouTube. And as more come out that I can get the time to participate in, I will uh, we'll be there. We're on Google Plus. I don't know if anybody else is, but we're on Google Plus. So uh, look forward to our own voice. If you can't follow along here on Facebook, uh, excuse me, on Blog Talk, you can always comment on uh, Facebook. Uh, not only do we do shows like Our Own Voices Live, but we also have our weekly gatherings, which are every Friday, uh, normally at the Westside Bistro, located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard, inside of Nevada Partners, the Culinary Academy. And if it's a month that have five Fridays on it, then that fifth Friday we're at TC's Rip Crib, which I believe is 3655 South Durango Avenue right here in Las Vegas. That's right, the 702. So 
we do those. We have a monthly stat, a monthly statue cleanup at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King uh, Jr. statue. Again, right here in this time in North Las Vegas, actually, actually, it's right where North Las Vegas and Las Vegas, right at that dividing line, which is very fitting. We have a book drive. Well, actually, it's a book fair. We have about 2,500 books that we would like to give away, and that should be on June uh, 16th. But look for more details on our own voices on Facebook. Look for more details about that because we believe that the power of reading is a part of freedom. The power of reading is a part of freedom. And we want to get as many books into young people's hands, especially over this summer break, where we know that our young people lose quite a bit of what they learn. But if they read, they're better able to maintain it. And we have books for young people, but we also have books for more mature folks because children see their parents reading, they're more likely to read too. So there is always something going on. We have the Our Own Voices uh, uh, book, uh, book night, uh, where we, you know, get a book and we try to read it and, and discuss it. So Our Own Voices, it is our voice, and we want to let people hear it, and I want you to add to that voice because the louder it gets by the more people who are added to it, the stronger that we are. Well, that's enough about who we are and what we do and why we do shows like this. Uh, last week's show, last week's show turned out to be a big show for us. Last week we talked about uh, comedian Bill Maher on his Friday night show on HBO where he called himself a house in. And for those of you who don't know what the N is, it's N-I-G-G-E-R. Bill Maher called himself that. And the senator that was sitting with him chuckled. So we talked about that last week, and we had quite a bit of discussion about it. Uh, actually, this morning, uh, as people watch the show on podcast, and for those of you who are not able to listen to the whole show today, it's podcast. You can listen to it anytime. I recommend that when you're driving back and forth to work or from one place to the other, that's a great time to uh, listen to the show. A lot of discussion about that. Well, last week I was actually thinking about doing this show that we're doing today, but I thought that that was so timely. Now, there's been a lot of news going on this week. We had the Comey uh, hearings, which to me was awesome TV, but it was a huge warning about the direction of our government. And we're probably going to, going to talk about that uh, next week or sometime soon because that was a, a significant event as well. But today, the gangs that claim blue and red, but they are not Crips and Bloods. The gangs that claim blue and red, but they are not Crips and Bloods. And I, I wanted to talk about that because we know that gangs have colors and they like to fly their colors or some people would say wear their colors and they oftentimes they'll have tattoos with their names uh, oftentimes wear bandanas with their colors they'll chant about their colors and their names uh, they may even have mascots and those are the Crips and the Bloods. And, you know, I, I wanted to read you a definition of gang. 
and see if any of those definitions ring home with you. And who or what do you think about when you hear this definition of gain? This was when when I read it, it was like, wow, this is like spot on. And how do we get to where we are? What happened? What can we do to get past this? Because it seems like there's more of it. And as it grows, what does that mean for us as a country, as as a society? So this this is what I this is what I wrote up. And you, you can search this on, on Google and you can pull it up. Uh, it says a gang is a group of good friends or family with identifiable leadership and internal organization identifying with or claiming control over territory in community and engaging either individually or collectively in illegal or violent behavior. So that's your basic definition of gang. It's a group of friends, it's a group of uh, family members, a group of people, they have some type of leadership structure that's obvious. And they claim control of territory in community, communities. And oftentimes they will engage in illegal or violent behavior. Uh, so some, well, what are these, where do they get their members from? Where do they come from? How do you identify one of the members? So here's a way that you can identify a gang member. This is who the gang members are. And, you know, why do they become gang members? The numerous pushbacks is experienced by at-risk individuals very situationally. However, follow a common theme for the desire of power, respect, money, and protection. So members of gangs often are uh, and, and become members of gangs uh, often due to a desire of power, respect, money, and protection. Now, there's nothing nebulous about that. That's just the basics. People want to be respected as human nature. Yes, people seek power because power gives them control of themselves and things. And they need money to survive in the society that we have created. And in America, it's capitalism, right? So there's your sort of basic reasons for joining gangs. And, you know, it, it, it's influence. The title of our show was the gangs that claim blue and red, but they are not Crips and Bloods. Now, some of you, when you read the title, hopefully, because it was supposed to be an attention getter, hopefully you wondered, what did I mean by gangs, but they're not crooks and bloods? How do they act? What do they do? Who are they? What is it? So, you know, give us a call, 347-826-9600. 
press one on your keypad. Let us know that you want to chat with us. But that's that's it. Who do you think I'm referencing? Well, let me tell you. I am referencing a group. Two separate groups. There's multiple groups. But the primary group, one group wears blue, one group wears red, and they total in the millions. They total in the millions. They have mascots. They often wear tattoos. They congregate together. And they are usually of one mind. In other words, they are pro themselves and anti anyone else. They're pro themselves and anti anyone else or any other group. And either you are with them or they're not with you. One has an emblem because gangs always have emblems. I mean, it doesn't make a difference who they are. They always have something that they can put up with their name to bring about recognition. Oftentimes to incite fear in anyone who sees their name, their symbols, their mascots. They can be used together. They can be used individually. People see these mascots. They know who they are. Whether it's MS-13, whether it's Crips, whether it's, it's Bloods, whether it's Gangster Disciples, it doesn't make any difference. They have their names. They have their colors. They have their mascots. They recruit people because they're people who feel disaffected. They're looking for family. They're looking for belonging. They're looking for protection. They're looking for how can they get more money. They're looking for safety and security. This gang, these two gangs that I'm talking about, and there are others too, they're actually authorized gangs. They're legal in the eyes of the law. But they operate very similarly to the street gangs, which are supposedly the lowest level of gang activity. Now, the mascot of these gangs, the one that's blue, the one that's red is an elephant, and they call themselves Democrats and Republicans. So the gang that I'm talking about that claim blue and red, but they are not blood, Crips and Bloods, are Democrats and Republicans. Oh, wow, Rodney, how could you compare the two? Well, I read you the definition of gang. It is a group of good friends or family with identifiable leadership. Don't the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, as a matter of fact, don't political parties have identifiable leadership? They're internal organizations. In other words, they're private organizations. Don't they claim control of territories? As a matter of fact, isn't gerrymandering an identifying example of claiming territory? 
because these two parties, depending on which one is in a position of power, don't they determine who that lives in those areas will belong to them because they find areas that often are of people who closely identify with them or who they hope to get to identify with them, and then they carve up that territory? Is that not like the Crips and the blood? And then do they sort of protect their territory by any means necessary? And do they expect the people in those territories that they've carved out to fall in line with their doctrine? And the political parties, like gangs, establish the things that they believe in, the things that are important to them. And then they actively recruit. Here's another similarity. Bloods, when they recruit, they may say, we'll provide you protection. We can help you get some ends. Here's one of the ones that really get me is, Maybe they'll find someone who's been terrorized, bullied, abused by the opposing gang. And then they'll come in and say, look, see how bad they're treating you? They're not doing nothing for you. But join us, and we'll become more powerful, and we can't protect you. Doesn't that sound like the Democratic Party, the Republican Party? Matter of fact, I'm pro-green. I'm, I'm pro-green party, more so than the Democrats or the Republicans, more so than the Libertarian Party. But as much as I'm pro-green party, it's the fact that they're still a party. It is still their way or no way. That is the only way. And if you're not a part of us, then you're a part of them. See, it's us versus them. And that is the danger of parties. Parties will divide families. Now, usually gangs and family members, if you're in this family, then usually all of those family members that are in gangs are in the same gang. That is not the case with politics, though it is similar. So now in reality, gangs, do horrible things, but parties do as well, but they're illegal. Now, they do some good stuff, but in general, they're illegal, and their purpose for getting together is to do illegal things. The purpose for people to join political parties is not to do illegal things. It's not to be violent, but it is the nature and the culture of political parties that are akin to gang membership and affiliation, and that's what I'm talking about today. And the longer and the more partisan that we are becoming as a society, the more we are starting to look and act like gangs. Is there violence in political parties? Eh, every once in a while, there's a little ruckus. But in general, not really. But there's so many different ways to, you know, what is violence? Is, so here, here's a thought. If you are in gang territory, 
One side of the street is blue. One side of the street is red. Now, you, you don't want to be in either gang, right? How much power do you have? How much control of your environment, of your existence, do you have? Now, if you walk in down the middle of the street that separates the blues and the reds, you're susceptible to being attacked by either one. Maybe you get attacked by the blue first, then you go a little further, then it's the red. Maybe it's the red first, you go a little further, it's the blue. But you're still susceptible because you don't have protection. When I was in a gang, that's the way it worked. When you go to a political event, you see people with the donkey shirts on. You'll see people with the elephant shirts on. You'll see people with the donkey and elephant signs. You'll see people with my with, with sayings like, my, my blood runs blue, if you're a Democrat. It's easy for Republicans because red just happens to be the actual color that our blood is, one's oxygenated. But that's the deep-seated belief that people have in their political party. And do the political parties act thuggish at times? Well, yes, they do. How do they do that? If you're not a member, you don't have access. A good young friend of mine, an outstanding young man, his name is Ruben De Silva, and he ran for Congress in Congressional District 1 in Las Vegas in, in Nevada. And he had been a Democrat, and he used to go to Democratic events. But once they found out, this is a Democrat, that he was going to run nonpartisan. In other words, he was running against their gang. He became suddenly persona non grata, could not come to Democratic clubs, and they are private, so and it's legal. But he could no longer participate in Democratic events. He could no longer visit Democratic clubs. They would not necessarily kindly show him the door and escort him out. Sounds kind of thuggish to me. Now, he had just been a Democrat. But because he was walking down the middle of the road, he became persona non grata. And, yes, politically, he was attacked, that I'm aware of. But politically, with words, he was attacked. Isn't that how gangs do? And then most of the times when you see people, they'll say, well, there's no point in me being a part, this party or that party because it doesn't have the power of the Democrats or the Republicans, and they can never win. So imagine us as a society, and imagine children who live in those neighborhoods that are dominated by the other gang that wears blue and red, Crips and the Bloods, and just imagine them trying to walk down the middle of the street getting attacked by both. And, and they, they just want to, I just want to do the right thing. I don't necessarily believe in that one only or that one only. It might be a combination of the two or maybe it's neither. But I want to do, I just want to walk down this road. But you're not allowed 
just to walk down that road. Sometimes you can, you know, if you're fortunate. But if you talk about trying to change what's going on in those territories that have been claimed by the blues and the reds, and you're not a blue in the blue territory, or you're not a red in the red territory, then you are not of that family. You are not of that gang. You are not of that party. Before you are like my good friend Ruben De Silva, persona non grata, and you are treated, and you may be verbally attacked. You, if you're lucky, the good thing about political parties, usually they'll escort you out. Whereas gangs, there may be some pugilism, some fisticuffs going on, and attacks of multiple people and piling on. But to a certain extent, minus the violence, the same thing can happen with political parties. So people say, Rodney, aren't you a Democrat? And I say, yes, I'm a Democrat through default. And they all ask me, what do I mean? I said, well, you know, at, at the time I grew up, there were still plenty of black people who were Republicans, but the country and the political party systems were flipping because they, they do that on occasion. And the people who appear to be representing the needs of black people seem to be African, uh, excuse me, seem to be the Democrats more black people started joining the Democratic Blue Gang. And the Republican Red Gang started losing members. And then the identities of the parties, they didn't totally flip, but there was some change. So outwardly, the Democratic Party looked like the one that was beckoning and welcoming black people. And the Republican Party primarily or seemingly primarily made a Dixiecrat who were the Democrats who didn't really like black people, who believed in the whole state's right thing and the right of those states was to keep black people in captivity, otherwise known as slavery, chattel slavery to be exact. Totally changed. And this is part of the, the, the damaging situation that black people find themselves in the Democratic Party. Because Democrats, though they, many of the Democrats had gone to the Republican Party, the Dixiecrat Democrats had gone to the Republican Party, not all of them did, nor all of them who entertained the same belief as the Dixiecrat. Many of them just did not outwardly speak it. And as laws changed in this country and acceptable public norms, societal norms changed, it became against their best interest to speak openly on what their beliefs are. So they sort of went undercover. But you know that old saying about whatever is in darkness will eventually come to light? So black people became Democrats. They joined the blue game. And over time, they had power within that game. And their territory became all blue, primarily. And the Red Gang realized that they were not going to get those black people who went Democrat to vote for them. In other words, they were going to stay in their blue territory. Oftentimes, large urban centers, New York City, Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, for a while, L.A., 
Milwaukee, uh, Philadelphia, Newark, New Jersey, right? They had large black populations. And so those population centers, those territories became blue. They became part of the blue gang, the Democratic gang. So the Republicans primarily became a party of white people. So another color in there. And the white people who were part of the red gang were in the outlying areas, suburbia, the farms, the country. And the concentration was not as dense as in the urban centers. But just like with gang territory, most people who were in those urban centers stayed in those urban centers, and most people who were in the outlying areas, the suburbs, the farms, the countryside stayed there. And when it came time to vote, oftentimes the people in the urban centers, because of the density and the way that our electoral system is set up, oftentimes they had seemingly had great greater influence. Well, in this last presidential election cycle, we sort of saw the people on the outskirts unify around a candidate and show flex their political muscle, and they won the election. Now, I didn't necessarily say that it's a bad thing. Actually, there's been a lot of good things that have come out of some of the bad things that people say. And one of those good things is that we got a chance to see who actually had the mindset of the stereotypical blues and reds. Because even though many people had thought prejudice and racism had disappeared, I always said that it just went sort of subterranean. It went underground. It was undercover. And there's more people today that seem to be freer with expressing their true feelings towards different ethnicities that make up this country, which I think is a dangerous thing. But we're seeing these blues and reds more prominently displaying, to coin a phrase, their true colors. What are we going to do? And especially, what are we going to do as black people who by default and oftentimes at birth are born in the democratic game? You know, we're, we're the blues by default. But we don't want to be blues because the blues have had us so long. Complacency has set in. And the things and the needs that the blues used to champion for the black people that joined them, that was in their territory, the blues constantly says, no, wait, because we need to bring more people into our game. We need to get the Latino Hispanics. We need to get the LGBTs. We need to get the Asians. We need to get the poor. We need to do something for them. And you guys just hold on. We're going to get to you. But then as generations have gone by, as we've held on, we find ourselves where at one point we had a firm, full grip that we're holding on with just our fingertips. And as we're dangling over the abyss, 
the Blues, who were supposed to be our champions, who we supported, and often we're referred to as the backbone of that party, that gang, we are the most dependable voting bloc. The Blues often say, we got you. We know that we have you. And because we know that we have you, this frees up our resources so that we can go elsewhere and increase, recruit members to our blue game. But we say, but we're losing our grip. Now they tell us, just keep holding on. Hold on. But as they tell us to keep holding on and that they're eventually going to do something for us, because remember, we've been a part of their gang, I mean, excuse me, their party for the last 40 years, to just hang on as they've not done anything for us of substance lately. As they tell us to hang on, they are actively recruiting our replacement. The blue gang is actually recruiting our replacement. Now, the reds, the Reds are losing people because white people are dying. They're getting old, they're dying. And they're just not producing as many children. And the population in the world of white people is just not the same of the population of black and brown, especially the brown. Our Latino, Hispanic sisters and brothers, as well as our Asian sisters and brothers. As a matter of fact, the fastest, the largest minority in this country now is not African American, it's Latino, Hispanic, with Asians being now the fastest growing with the Latino Hispanics trying to get their piece of the pie. Well, see, the pie did not get more pieces going for their piece. Now, they're not getting the piece from white people who make up the red party, the red gang. So they tend to get their piece from folks who make up black. And they're actively being sought after. Now, some people say, well, Rodney, you're pitting one, one depressed group against the other. No, I'm, I'm stating reality. We know, and political scientists know, that people often vote as within their ethnicity, within their region. So in other words, White people tend to vote for white people. It's not exclusive, but it is. White people vote for white people. Black people vote for black people. Latino Hispanics, they're in flux. Their numbers have swollen, and they've had a taste of power, and they know how to work the system. They're not as dependable a vote for the Republicans as they used to be because it was a specific group of people, Cubanos that voted a certain way, and because oftentimes they represented the largest chunk of that group in the Republican Party, the Republican Party thought they had a grip on them. In other words, they had a hold on them, and they were in a specific territory. So it's much easier to control them because political parties, gangs are about control. They don't like uncertainty. They, they want to know how you're going to be. And the minute that you buck the system, so to speak, if they're not able to bring you in line, you lose favor with them. And you see black people in the blue gang, the blue party, we're saying we want more, so we're bucking the system. 
but because they're not willing to give us more. They're telling us to hold on. And they found another group or group that can replace us. We have become replaceable. And everyone knows it. Maybe except for us. And as they're actively pursuing replacing us, we're still holding on by our fingertips over the abyss. At some point, we're going to fall because we won't be able to hold on any longer. And what will we have? Well, when you're in a gang territory, if you can benefit that gang, then that gang wants you to be a part of their family. But if you start bucking the system from within that gang, maybe they want to go into meth. Maybe they want to go into spice, crack. You don't want that. Hey, that's, that's dangerous. That's hurting people like me. But it's lucrative for them. And then they find people who will sell it. Well, if they don't need you to sell it, and if they don't need you to maintain their power, then they don't need you. Where do you go? Because the other gang, the red gang, they, they haven't had you in three generations. They're used to doing without you. Plus, they're not willing to give you anything. So you become as if you're walking down the center of the street with one side being the blue and one side being the red, what do you do? Now, as I said, I like the Green Party. Did you know the Green Party has a pro-black agenda and that they're actually for reparations? Now, I'm guessing most of you didn't know that, but it is true. And I like the Green Party. The problem with the Green Party is that it's a party. Parties start out well, the Democratic Party. Well, I didn't like the way it started out because it started out, you know, the slave people like me. But the Republican Party, many historians say that Lincoln really is the father of the Republican Party and that his biggest thing of the Republican Party was the abolition of slavery which was a righteous cause, and obviously he was on the right side of history. Unfortunately, the mindset of slavery was not eradicated by the end of the Civil War. As a matter of fact, it became more ingrained. So as we talk about the red and the blues, for people who believe in the idea of America, for people who believe in the idea of the Constitution, where do you go? Because there's nothing in the Constitution about the red and the blue. That is something that has been made up. As a matter of fact, our founding father, founding father of this country, George Washington, was against political party affiliation. He, and you can look this up on Google. He said that it will divide the people of this country. And if you look in and you pay attention to politics, you can see just how much it's divided this country by territory and ideas as gangs divide a neighborhood, territory, and their concept of ideas. And then you can see the machinations, 
that each will go through to increase its numbers and its hold on its territory. Now, you see why I compare gangs, blues and reds, with parties, blues and reds. And if you buck the gang, they may let you out. Power do you have? It is almost like the parties have established a legal racket in control of the system. I mean, just imagine if the gangs wrote the laws to keep themselves in power. So the Democrats and the Republicans in our political system, the Reds and the Blues, they have it set up that if you want to be what's called a third party, you know, an up-and-coming gang, a new gang, you're not just automatically on the ballot. You have to go and find people who are not committed to the Reds and the Blues, or Reds or the Blues, and you have to, I think it's 16,000, but it may be different depending on where you are. You have to, like, petition, hey, I'm a gang too. Or, hey, I want to participate in the system too, just like the Green Party. The Green Party had a presidential candidate last election cycle, but in the state of Nevada, because they didn't get enough people or enough people in time for their petition, they were not on the ballot. So were those people disenfranchised legally? I'm going to say yes, because they were not one of the red or blue gangs. Now, I believe in some things that are blue, a lot. I believe in just about everything that's green. I even believe in some things that are Republican, that are red. But because they seek ideological purity, There's no place for me. So then if I don't want to be a red or the blue, did you know that if I'm not red or blue, I cannot participate in the primary because the only people who can participate in primaries in most states, because most states don't have open primaries, Nevada being one of them, is only Democrat and Republicans. Only the reds and the blues can participate in the primaries. Is that right? Is that like bullying? How can anyone say that they believe in the democratic process and they believe in the freedoms that America is supposed to give, but yet they say, no, all of you, you're not one of us. Yes, you are citizens, but you're not democratic citizens or you're not Republican citizens. Therefore, you cannot participate. Oh, and if you want to be involved at all, You have to do this extraordinary thing. And I say extraordinary as in, no, you just can't go sign up. You have to go and get these extra. We need to know these people that you could find that said that they will support you. Think about that for a minute. You have to go do something different than other people. You know, that's, that's like black people when you, we used to go to vote and we had the poll taxes. I mean, jelly beans in the jar, you know, those questions. How high is high? How low is low? 
had to go through hoops to vote. And then there were guards there that even after you did all that, still might not let you vote. So they might even beat you up. See, that's the environment that if you're not a red and a blue that we live in today. And I submit to all of you who may be listening, and I hope that you will share it with other people, is that the two-party system that we have today, just think we call it two-party system, even though legally there are other parties out there. There's the Libertarian Party. There's the Green Party. But we call it a two-party system. And because parties are so strong, because most of the members in government belong to those two parties, just imagine living in a society that either the Crips or the Bloods made the decisions for what goes on in those societies. And if you weren't a member of either one of those, you had no say. Or you had to go to extraordinary means to have say. That's what it's like living in American, the American political system today. I think it's wrong. I think it goes against what America is supposed to stand for. But we've allowed it, and I believe we've allowed it for too long, and I think it's time that we, the people, not we Democrats, not we Republicans, not the blue people, not the red people, but the people of the United States of America say enough is enough. Open up the election system to all parties or non-parties. See, I believe in reality I'm more of a non-partisan. And what do I mean by that is, look, who has the best idea? Not who lies to me the most, because isn't that what happens now? A Democrat is only supposed to say these things. A Republican is only supposed to say those things. And if you don't say these things or those things, then you must not truly be. Therefore, you cannot be. I had a person come to me and say, Rodney, I love what you stand for. Oh, my goodness. You are, you are a green person. I had a libertarian say, hey, what you're talking about is the same things we're talking about. Now, the interesting thing with the libertarian says, I think we can, we can support you. The Greens, they said, you know, if we don't have a candidate running, we can support you too. That got my attention. I said, so I asked him, I said, well, suppose you have a candidate running, but they're saying the things you want them to say, but you know that I'm better because I'm saying, you, you told me I'm speaking green. They said, well, no, Rodney, we would have to support the other person because they're part of our family. In other words, now they're part of the Green family. Mm. So as much as I love what the Green Party stands for, especially that piece about reparations, I realize that they're just another part of a red or a blue. This time it's just a green. But if we're going for the lesser, or we'll say the greater, then I would probably be, if I was going to be a part of a party, I'd be part of the Green Party. And I'm going to implore black people to look at the Green Party because I understand people want to belong, and people don't change overnight. I get it. 
Now, my Democratic friends are going to say, those who still talk to me, Rodney, how could you talk bad about the Democratic Party? Well, I don't know necessarily if I'm talking bad, but I hope I'm talking truthful. And because what happens is once – have you ever heard the saying that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely? I believe it was by Milton. See, what's happened with the Democratic Party is they, they almost have absolute authority of their territories. The party leadership, like in gangs, they set the agenda. And they don't go outside that agenda. Not only do they set the agenda, but they'll even give you the right words to use. And they'll give you money if you support that agenda. Now, the interesting thing is, as I ran last time as a Democrat, what dawned on me, what dawned on me, that the party that was supposed to be uh, the working man, the poor man, you know, the everyday man, the Democrat, one of the things they told me was, Rodney, if you go into print collateral, you have to use a union shop. And I even heard people post, if Democrats don't use union shops, then I'm going to go after them. I said, but we're in the same family. But, yeah, you violated the rules. I said, but what about the small mom and pop shop that's not union? You may never get an opportunity to grow to be union because we monopolize two, three print shops in the city that I know of. Maybe there's more. But they monopolize the printing. We've established a monopoly that shuts out the people that we're supposed to be representing. So there started to be a void between me and democratic orthodoxy, their doctrine. I didn't no longer march wearing my blue bandana for the Democrats. Because I thought it disenfranchised people would be regulated to a lower class because we could not do business with them. And doing an election is when a lot of the print shops make a lot of their money. And I thought to myself, well, how Republican of the Democrats? Because stereotypically, the Republicans are part of the good old boy network, right? Therefore, the rich, the businessman, the business owner, the, the capitalist, the industrialist. I said, but the Democrats, they're exhibiting the same thing. A little different, but basically it's the same thing. And then I looked more critically. I said, how is it benefiting me or am I forced to be this? And then I looked, well, since this is my family, this is my gang, you you can move up in the gang, right? People said, well, Rodney, if you feel that strong about it, Instead of saying what needs to be done, because I, I didn't just talk about what others weren't doing, I would give suggestions on what needed to be done. Then they would say, well, why don't you run for office? So I did. Here's the interesting thing about that, because it's a paradox in a, <laughs> to a certain extent. Because they said, Rodney, why don't you run for office? But not one of those people, and some of them I've helped to get in office, not one of those people supported me. Now, they, some of them have asked for my help on various issues in the past, but not one of them would support me. And the reason why they wouldn't support me is because their leadership 
wanted to get the seat that I was after, that I thought I was a much better person for it. Now, of course, we all think that, right? And that's a different conversation. But it was the fact that not one of those people who I've helped and not one of those people who even support some of the things that I do in the community, not one of the black elected politicians, not one of the Democrats supported me in the primary. So then it says, well, why not? Let's say because we picked our guy. Fair enough. Gangs picked their leaders. So I said, so the gangs picked the leaders. And then the gang tell the membership who they're supposed to support. And that's what happened. And I thought, that's not, that's not the system I want to belong to. I mean, I'm still a Democrat on paper, but my mindset has changed. And then I realized going through the system that if you don't maintain doctrinal purity with the red or the blues, because, you know, the red people, they came to me. They said, Rodney, we saw that you ran last time. You know, we weren't able to support you because, you know, you're a Democrat. They made an offer to me. They said, Rodney, because, you know, they were recruiting, right? And if you could get somebody for another team, that's always an extra win. They said, Rodney, why don't you come over to us? We don't want you to run for the seat that you ran before because we got a plan for that. But we'll support you to some extent if you run over here, that it was nicer than even thinking about me. I, really, I did. But then I thought about, well, why would I run for office? I'm running for office for the people, not the party. And what they're suggesting to me is more party stuff and less people stuff. And then, yes, I do want to represent all of who my constituents will be. But I also want to represent black people because we need representation like women need representation. And they're able to talk freely about that. Notice how I have to caveat my statement and bring other people in. Uh, the LGBT people, they want reputation. They need their recruiter so they can fight for their issues. And it seems like they, they want me, but as long as I don't fight for my issues. And it doesn't make any difference whether it's the gangs or the blues or the reds. They want black people as long as we don't talk about black stuff. No, we're going to tell you what to talk about. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, and oh, we're going to do something for you, but we're going to do this. Now, it's not going to really make a difference to you all in a major way. It's not going to systemically change anything, but we're going to throw you a little bone here so you can stay, you know, nuzzled nicely with us. Remember I said earlier that we're holding on now by our fingertips and we're hanging over the abyss? Some people are falling into the abyss. And our Democratic brothers and sisters know that we're falling into the abyss. They can see the future. And they see a future that doesn't necessarily include us as us as in the black. And I'm specifying the black because oftentimes we lump black and brown. Well, they're doing stuff for the browns, evident in who they reached out to, who they spent money with. If you want to know how does a person feel about supporting and helping you, where are they, what are they willing to spend their time on, what are they willing to spend their money on? If they're not spending their time and they're not spending their money on you, 
then they're just giving you lip service. Gangs oftentimes will promise you a lot, but they're short on delivery because most of it goes to the power structure, and in political parties, it's no different. So when I talk about red and blues and the similarities between the red and the blues that call themselves Crips and Bloods or the red and the blues that call themselves Republicans and Democrats, I just wanted to, I just thought that there was a similarity there that gets overlooked and that as time goes by, the behaviors of the blue political party and the red political party is getting to be more and more like the blues that call themselves the Crips and the Reds that call themselves the Bloods, and I think it's a danger. Yes, I am saying on our show today that the political party system that we have in America today is dangerous not only to our democracy. It is against our Constitution. It is against our freedoms and our liberties. And it's hurting us. And the people who are being hurt the most and who will be hurt the worst is African Americans. Now, I say this as a warning to you that we are the harbingers of things to come, and we always have been in this country. We are the canaries in the mines. Send the canary down, does he die? Does he live? Okay, we send people there. We're predictors harbingers of what's going to happen. Because, see, once we are no longer a factor, I mean, we are a potential factor now, but pretty soon we won't even have that potential because there won't be enough of us, and there will be so few of us in government with an independent mind, and the the phrase is independent mind, not a Republican mind, not a Democratic mind, but an independent mind for what's good for the people and good for the country. You see, that's the only criteria that we should be looking at. Yeah, we can look at some other things on the side like likability, right? Okay. Charisma, personality, you know, we, we, we're drawn to those things. But ultimately, first and foremost, it should be, is that person talking about what's right for people, for humans, for this country? Not what's best for the gang of choice. And sometimes it's not a gang of choice. It's the one that you're born into. Well, this concludes our show today. And I titled the show, The Gang Claim Blue and Red, But They Are Not Crips and Blood. You can go to Our Own Voices Live blog talk show page our own voices live on facebook our own voices on twitter also on facebook on google youtube google plus leave us a comment let me know what you think about the show the topic the ideas that we discuss and what i'm saying in general is that the political parties had their usefulness, but just as our country continues to grow and mature in this great experiment called 
the United States of America, our political parties may have lost sight of their purpose, and instead of being focused on people, the people, people that they're supposed to represent, they have become so focused on themselves and getting reelected and the people that have money. Remember I said you can tell how a person, how much they really support you is not necessarily by their words, but it's by how much of their time they're willing to give you and how much of their money. See, third-party candidates, though they may have the best idea, notice they call them third-party candidates, not even second-party, third-party candidates. What happens is that they just get outspent because they have a huge organizational structure advantage. That's the benefit of the party. And it's weakening the person and the people. And that's why I'm against the two-party system in America. Yes, I am openly saying that I am against the two-party system in America, that it has become corrupt, and it is not about Humans is no longer about the people, the constituents that they're supposed to represent, but it has become selfish, it has become bloated, it has become about themselves and how they gain power, how they gain money, how they can maintain it. And the people are secondary. They have figured out ways through political science, because remember, politics is a science. To get us to be like lemmings, so in other words, we can have an enemy like the Russians attack our democratic process and system, but yet our democratically elected president, and I use democratically elected loosely, is more concerned about whether he's under investigation than the status of the attack upon our country. That's how self-serving the parties and the party leaderships have become, is that it's not the country that's first and foremost. It's their individual backside. It's their party. If we do not change that, there will only be more of it because it is human nature and it follows the theory of social gradualism. Unless something changes, it will continue but it will be faster and it will be broader. And as politicians gain more and more power, you see, pretty soon you won't be able to use money against the politician because if you notice, more and more of our politicians are wealthy, millionaires, now billionaires. And then we have more millionaires and billionaires looking at getting into politics. So we have the vote and we have money. They tend to buy our votes, and now they are getting to a position of where even they don't won't need us for money. You see, individuals, Bernie Sanders proved to us that with $27, I believe it was $27.50, if enough people donate and continue to donate, and you have a strong message that you can make a difference, but it takes so many people. Well, I believe in Bernie's way. Because if I do run again, 
and whether I run again or I'm looking for somebody to support, I'm going to give them my $27.50. I'm going to go and phone bank for them. I'm going to go and knock on doors for them, assuming they have the right message. Because we have to, just like we have to break up the big banks, the big corporations, our political system is a monopoly that's controlled by the reds and the blues, the crips and bloods of politics. And the people, it's up to us, just like it was up to us to break up the large crime families back in the day. It was up to us to push for the breakup of the large corporations back in the early 1900s. It is now up to us to break up the monopoly and the corrupt two-party system that we have today. One of the ways that we have to do it, I'm encouraging black people, do not just look at Democrats to vote for Don't just look at black people to vote for. But if you can find a black person that has your best interest in mind, by all means, vote for them. I can tell you that the Republicans are looking for black people to put up there because they know if they put black people up, they're going to pull some black votes. Smart on them. It doesn't mean they're going to do anything for black people, but it does mean that they've realized that they cannot sustain themselves as white people are dying by themselves. They need to increase. They need to do more recruiting. Except they're not recruiting us because of what they're willing to do for us. They're recruiting us because of what we can do for them. There's a difference. And I don't mind black people voting Republicans but make sure you're voting your interests. But I say, I say, there is enough of us speaking to black people I'm speaking to people who are independently minded. I'm speaking for people who realize that we're heading in the wrong direction. I'm talking about the survival of our country. But before we get to that, I'm talking about the survival of our democracy. I'm talking about survival and the improvement of this experience, experiment called the United States of America under the United States Constitution. And yes, because black people are the canary in the mine. We will be the first to fall, as you can see that we're falling now. We are the ones who are so conditioned that even when our political representatives tell us they'll do one thing for us and get elected and do another, we still vote for them because they're part of our gang, they're part of our family. And because they use the fear, as gangs will use the fear, of lack of protection and say, oh, no, you, if, you don't get, if you don't vote for this guy, then you'll get the big bad Republican. We may not have done nothing for you, but they'll do things to you. So they, they use fear mongering. It's not just something that the Republicans do. So what I'm asking, and then I said I was going to end the show, but this is important. For my people who don't vote, it's your right not to vote. But you still want things, and you still get those things from politicians and the political system. But if you don't work toward changing and bending that political system to your will, you will always be chasing behind it after the fact. 
And then it's up to them on whether they will do anything for you. I say put yourself in a position of power where you can do for yourself, where the things that you want, that becomes your platform for your candidates, the people that you'll support. And that when you take all of that energy, or at least a part of it, to help with those candidates who maybe they are in a third party or they're nonpartisan, or maybe you go for the green people, which is the closest party that represents black people. No, it's for the white people. Don't get me wrong. But maybe black people need to make a presence and push them more into the direction. To my progressives out there, who are usually Democrats, but there can be progressive Republicans too. Democrats don't own that label. To my progressives, if we look for ideological purity, and that's all that we accept, then we will lose. Because the two dominant parties, yes, they do push ideological purity, ideological purity, but also pragmatists, and they want to win. So if they can find a winner, that will carry their message and it's close to their message, they'll still go for that person, but they will not let the outsiders, the third parties, the nonpartisans, the green, the libertarian, the progressives who are dis- feel disenfranchised from the Democratic Party, they will not let you in. Because you represent uncertainty. And remember I said surety. They like to know that they could depend on your vote. They like to know that you will be silent when you're supposed to be silent, and you will speak up when they tell you to speak up and give you the words to say. How un-American is that? I don't know if I will run, and I appreciate all the people who've asked me to run. But what I've tried to do today is lay out how our system is similar to the gangs who are not good for us, and our political system today is not good for us. And how it will only get worse if the good people, if the good people don't do something to change it. If we remain silent, if we stay with the status quo. And see, I believe that there's enough agitation out there. That's why Hillary Clinton didn't get elected. But it's one thing to have the power to keep people from getting elected. But that just means that somebody's going to get elected but you have to have the somebody that represents you. Find that person. They may not have everything in common with you, but look for what they do have in common with you that's better for us. And I guarantee you it will be better than the status quo establishment that we have. And we do not have unlimited time to make this change. Look at the statistics for black people. Black people, for sure, your time is running out. I don't mean in a thousand years, within generations, foreseeable generations. And after that, it will be the next group because it's always going to be a group. Someone is always going to be on the bottom. And the powers that be are the ones who determine who that's going to be. So don't think that this politics is just for the elite. If you want to survive, if you want to do more than survive and thrive, today is today. Make your decision. If the Democrat and the Republican's ideas are that great, 
then let them survive in the marketplace of ideas, which is called the electoral process, the democratic process, the voting process, and let everyone who has those ideas, let them be a part of the system who decide. You've been listening to the gangs that claim blue and red, but they are not Crips and Bloods. I am your host, Rodney Smith. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. It normally comes on at 12.30 and stays on until 2.30. That's West Coast time. Thank you so much for joining us. Go to our Facebook page, Our Own Voices Live. Leave comments. You can also find us on Our Own Voices, just Our Own Voices, anything. This is important, and today is important. Tomorrow will be important today, but tomorrow is not guaranteed. We live for today. Thank you very much. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.